Okay. Um, if you would uh, first like to tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and uh, how you got involved with the band Lame that you're currently playing with. All right. Well, um, my name is Peter, and I'm <coughs> the second guitarist. I guess that's kind of a precursor as to how I got involved. There were a five-piece for a while, and uh, my uh, my best friend, John, who plays bass, ended up forming the band after I moved here with a singer named Cameron, and they pretty much formed like a uh, five-piece, and they were started, sort of like starting to, uh, I guess, like wane in direction. They really didn't know where to go, and, and the band that I had had a lot of music written for um, sort of disbanded, mm -hmm. so um, I just had a lot of music, and, and I hadn't written any lyrics over it or anything, and it was a lot more along the style of the stuff they were doing, just really like, just big and like heavy stuff, which really wasn't like what I was doing, so he asked me if I just wanted to be the second guitarist, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll give it a shot, really didn't think it would work, but it ended up working really, really great, and that was probably about five years ago when I joined them. They'd already been playing for like three years, so the band's technically been around for about eight years. Wow. Yeah, so. um, how, how long ago what, did you make the jump out to Texas? Uh, that was right, right around when they when they formed, because they had been jamming for a while. So it was like ninety, ninety nine was whenever I moved back there from here, because I, I did a lot of high school out here, and that's when I was writing a lot of uh, the stuff for my my first band called Distress. I did a, uh, a like an eight song EP with. Um, who ended up being the keyboardist for Lame. He was our drummer, his name is Casey Bond. And then um, he ended up joining them as a keyboardist, so it's kind of funny, we all kind of like filtered into Lame, so it's weird. But uh, yeah. So what was gonna be Distress's second album <laughs> ended up being Lame's first <laughs> album. It's, it's weird how that worked out. But, cool, uh, so what's the metal scene like out in uh, Texas? In um, terms of it's, it's a really, really, it's really like, I don't know, I guess uh, like tight knit sort of like co-supportive community because since there's hardly one of the main things out there is that there's hardly any radio support anymore there used to be a lot of big like rock and metal stations and now there's like one or two and uh, they're very like, corporate like clear channel owned and they don't do a lot of uh, just helping with the local scene like they used to so a lot of the bands out there really have to you know, just watch each other's backs and, hey, it was awesome playing with you, let's do this show, and just a lot of networking involved, but it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really, yeah, like, co-supportive community, it's pretty cool, so. What was it like recording the uh, album, uh, Nothing Ever Works? It was, um, <laughs> taxing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was good, it was, it was what needed to happen, because, you know, like, we recorded a few, like, you know, EPs and demos and what have you, but never really had a full body of work. And uh, we did it with a guy named Larry Summers, who's been doing a lot of uh, good, like, metal albums that have come out. There's a new band called The Destro that just released a CD, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's on Metal Blade. Have you heard of them? Yes, yeah. uh, As the Coil Unwinds yes. is the new yeah. album. Yeah, they uh, did that album 
after we started and before we finished our album. That's how long our album took. Our album took about a year, year and a half. And the Destro came, came in and out. And they're all really cool guys and, and probably one of the best bands out of Dallas, I think. And uh, definitely breaks your neck to go see them because they're just really heavy. But, um, uh, yeah, so Larry's, Larry's doing a lot. But whenever he started with us, he... You know, he'd, he'd had a couple people in there, but he was, you know, really sort of getting his studio set up and everything. So that's kind of why it took we had, took a while. We were like kind of guinea pigs with that. And since we'd already recorded a few demo versions of the songs that were on there, a lot of it was like rehashed. So some of it was just, I don't know. It was, um, was kind of hard, but in, in the end it was cool. Like we ended up uh, like re-recording a few things here and there, left and right. But, uh, but the end product we were all very very satisfied with you know it definitely just got us something to be able to sell at shows besides like a t-shirt here or there and it's really helped um, our following in Dallas because we really couldn't you know have a stronghold on anybody that wanted to come back to the shows but now people have something to go home and listen to and learn our stuff so it's given us enough momentum to be able to write a second album so, so. awesome uh, when can fans expect to see something from that second album any, uh, even I think the better question would be when can we expect to hear something <laughs> of ourselves? I don't know. We've uh, it's next year at the soonest because we're we're writing for it right now. We've we've been playing a lot of the new material and uh, probably about three or four cuts of it. And uh, the we're about done writing because um, we went up to New York in February to do a label showcase at SIR rehearsal studios up in Manhattan and uh, and basically we came back from that and, and and we're gonna record like a single and like shoot a video for it one of the new songs for that and then um, you know sort of have a release date after that's out I don't know it's it's all kind of hazy right now but we're definitely in the writing process for that so cool so yeah oh wait at the soonest <laughs> How much touring uh, out of Texas do you guys do? It's it's sporadic here and there. Like I said, we went we went to New York and then um, we've done we did like a showcase in New Orleans. Like it was like right before Katrina. That was like an '05. But uh, it's really just regional. Like we have some shows booked. Like in uh, next month, we're we're playing like someplace in East Texas called Kilgore. There, it's a really cool city. And I found the further away you get from Dallas, the more appreciative the people are to have you come out there. <laughs> It's, it's and they're all really supportive and everything. And then we're playing in a Oklahoma and uh, October, I think it is. So yeah, just just right around there. We'd like to come out. We'd definitely love to come out this way. You know, we've seen a lot of bands before us from our scene. Like uh, a band called Grain comes out here and plays out here all the time. And uh, a band we played with um, a couple times called Feral Midland. They just uh, released a CD on Surge Tankins label from System of a Down and they they came out here and played out here all the time and I was always wanted to like come with them because you know I had plenty of people out here who wanted to show our stuff so but um yeah it's it's pretty pretty regional right now so hopefully that'll improve cool for um if you'd like to compare uh, Lame to other bands that are currently around now for people who aren't very familiar with you guys who would you think you comp would compare them to Mm. Well, uh, I don't know. Romstein's a, a good comparison, I guess, as far as the music goes. Cameron's our singer isn't quite as like guttural as what Till is. You know, he's he definitely 
sings. It's mm-hmm. it's not quite as like operatic as what a tell their, their singer is. Um, one one analogy I use a lot that not a lot of people in the band like, but it seems to seems to work is like Pantera if they played Depeche Mode covers because <laughs> it's you know it's 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 kind of abrasive but definitely has sort of a new wave like just icing on the top with the drum machines and the keyboards and stuff so so it's fun for the whole family I guess very cool um, how did you originally get involved in music it sounds like you've been working with uh, a ver- you know variety of lo- local or regional bands and that sort of thing well um, like I said, John Weiss, the bassist for Lame, he and I, um, he was the first person I really started playing with. I'd be playing, like, piano since I was five, so just been, you know, doing things by myself. But, um, he and I started playing together about ten years ago, and then when I came out here, um, that's whenever he got together with Cameron and everybody out there, and, and uh, so... <laughs> Very cool. Um, what can you tell me about the, the inspiration for the band photo that's in the uh, liner notes for uh, Nothing Ever Works, where you guys are all dressed up and it looks like you're killing each other? Oh, oh the one where I'm upside down? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, it's it kind of went along with the title. Just a lot of the frustrations that went into the recording of that. I think a lot of um, a lot of that about about how like bad the recording was. It really wasn't that bad at all, but almost every single interview we've talked about had been like, oh, it's a hellacious process. It really wasn't that bad. It just took a long time, and it was songs that, like I said, we recorded over and over before the, before then, so we just uh, thought it'd be a pretty funny idea, because um, the photographer is actually uh, our keyboardist dad. He's like a professional photographer out in like his house out by the Texas Motor Speedway, so it's in the middle of nowhere. So. out in the middle of nowhere, it seemed like a funny idea, <laughs> and I was unanimously picked to be the one that Sam was throwing, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Not a very democratic process to figure that out? Uh, no, no, I mean, there, a lot of decisions we do, they end up being democratic, but um, there's hardly ever anything we're really divided in the middle about, you know, if there's something that's like as ridiculous as that, we'll all be all for it, or, you know. One person will come up with an idea, and everybody else will shoot it down. So, if there was uh, one particular uh, band that you'd be able to band or artist, uh, living or dead, that you guys could tour with if you had the opportunity, uh, who would that be? Well, um, uh, artists that aren't around anymore would definitely be Pantera. You know, just being mm-hmm. from Dallas, you know, that's that's not so automatic as we all definitely like everything that they did and uh, that would be really cool but I guess one that's around now Nine Inch Nails would be really really cool because um, I don't know but different different members of the band have have like you know different levels of admiration for them but they they are definitely one of the main inspirations that we all share so that'd be really cool and then Romstein would be amazing as well because we're, we're we're all like unanimously just huge fans of them so but they haven't been to the states in god five or six years or so so gosh what's the uh songwriting process like for you guys it's uh i don't know um it tends to follow a pretty standard formula like cameron and i pretty much write like 
most of everything, like half and half. Like, we'll uh, we'll come up with ideas and either like sequence them with like like Korg sequencers or like on like you know Macs like Pro Tools or GarageBand or what have you, and do demos for them like that and play them for the band, see what they think, and um, then. We'll learn them and adjust them and tweak them. Everybody really makes all their parts their own. Like, uh, we never even write bass parts or anything. John will always just write whatever he has. And Sam, definitely, the the drummer, definitely um, adds, like, a lot of flair to what Cameron and I do. You know, we used to do a lot of weird, like, impossible-to-play, like, programming and things like that. But uh, that's generally how it goes. Either Cameron and I write it. But some of the times we'll come together with just like a couple parts that a couple of us have and just piece them together. And, and we've had some really, really good songs like that. Like There's No Way Off, Nothing Ever Works. That was like that. Like everybody pretty much wrote a part and we just, you know, took it as it went. And that's the way we, I guess, most bands, most other bands write. And we'd like to write more often, but just with six people, it's really hard to just kind of jam things out. So, so. Gotcha. Is there a particular track off of uh, Nothing Else Matters that. Uh, you like to play a lot, or you have a certain affinity for? Um, well, yeah, I really like to play the end live, and nobody else really shares that because it's it's really like start stoppy, start stoppy. And we're usually playing a lot of like festivals where you, you know just have to keep up the pace a lot. Um, kill, even though we like we pretty much close every show with that, but it's always awesome because it's just you know just the that's when the energy just es escalates to maximum between like us and the audience and stuff and there's usually like I don't know <laughs> there's usually a pit involved by the end of it and that's that's always that's always a lot of fun but uh, I don't know I don't know I go back and forth between a lot of them so but those those two are really cool okay um, do you have even though you've said you've only really been touring kind of regionally around uh, the uh, Texas area for the most part is there a particular show that you guys have played that was really awesome uh, for you or you had a really good experience with yeah there's been a lot of those um, <coughs> um, like the most recent one was uh, probably a show we had after Memorial Day I was at the Curtain Club in Dallas and uh, that was just like I don't know, the response to that one was one of the heaviest we'd ever had. It was really just like overpacked and stuff. But one of the one of the main ones that definitely stands out, we did a we did a showcase in Denton, Texas. It was uh last October. And that one, like, we walked away from that was the first show I remember walking away having our ears ringing from the crowd, not us. Like between like every song they were just like screaming. I was like, Wow And it never really had that before, but the CD had only been out a few months, and like I said, the CD being out has really helped us because we have people showing up and singing along the lyrics and stuff, so every show just perpetually gets better, but yeah, there's a few that stand out here and there. Who, uh, what kind of equipment setup do you like to use live? Uh, mine <laughs> mainly consists of like hand-me-downs, it's pretty, you know, pretty low maintenance. <laughs> um, I run out of a, uh, uh, I play out of a Boss GT6 processor and uh, have this <laughs> Ibanez Coors flanger that my dad gave to me and like he had it out for a garage sale I'm like what do you have what's that are you using it and he's like no and it'll it'll resonate like by itself you don't even have to play any notes it'll make obnoxious noises never everybody hates me using it in the band They're like <laughs> don't overuse the bullshit pedal but um, 
but uh, that adds a little like color here or there when needed. Play those out of a crate. Got for a hundred bucks at Guitar Center. It was like used, beat up, like mid '90s, just solid, solid state, just like total piece of shit. But it was awesome because um, you know it's really, really all I needed, just a sort of binary, just clean and distorted. The head distortion on there was really cool, but um, I use mainly distortions out of the GT6 now and running those out of a Mesa. And uh, yeah, everybody else has a pretty strangely unique like setup. <laughs> Um, other guitarist plays out of a uh, tube crate head, and he plays a Schecter guitar out of a Line 6 pedal. The bassist plays, I think it's a court bass out of Ampeg, and our keyboardist is Roland. He's strict about that. He's like Roland, Roland only. He has two big 88 key keyboards, like an RS9 and a Phantom X, the big one with the big screen and all that. The little the pad thing that he could put his hand <laughs> over. And uh, Sam has a lot of drums. Cool. Um, for uh, fans who are continuing to listen to your music uh, but haven't yet uh, heard any live material to experience some of the new, newer songwriting, um, how does material that you're currently writing for the next release uh, differ or expand on uh, material that was in Nothing Ever Works? Well, like I said, a lot of things in Nothing Ever Works were, were songs that hung around for years, so they were kind of from, you know, we were a little younger, so a lot of lot of uh, reflections we've been getting on these new songs have been like, whoa, those are a lot more mature, or, or you know, a lot more focused, and not quite as like sporadic everywhere, but still have like surprises here and there. Um, it's definitely stronger material. You know, I don't want to do the real cliche like, oh, faster, heavier, better. You know, because um, yeah, some of it is. It's it's definitely more ridiculous. I'll, I'll stick with that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Excellent. Um, are there any other up-and-coming bands out of the, the area that you guys have really enjoyed touring with and that um, uh, you also expect to see great things? Uh, in Dallas? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really good talent in Dallas. Um, there's a band we play with. <laughs> a couple of bands. One of them is called uh, Kung Fu Preacher. They're just awesome because they have the whole like early white zombie just big like keyboards and like samples and you know they really pull from like the early '90s like Ministry and like Nine Inch Nails sort of sound and we we mesh with them really well and their their stuff is really like we definitely see it you know going places and we have another band we play with called Crash Side and they're they're really good as well they're really like industrial I have a lot of like the running samplers and stuff and yeah. Definitely like a like more focused, less pompous orgy, I guess you'd say. <laughs> you know, no, no offense against orgy, but you know, their crash site's definitely good. And, and then there's a lot of you know big bands that, that are coming out of Dallas. Like I said earlier, Fair to Midland, their their debut CD is just awesome. It came out, and, and uh, yeah, the the Destro, yeah, I actually got a text message from a friend the other night saying, "Hey, we should go see the Destro." Just like, yeah, I'm in L.A. kind of far. I can't right now. But, uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of really good talent in Dallas. And it's kind of hoping more of it gets, disco gets discovered by some particular. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Cool. Well, um, I think that just about wraps up uh, this particular interview. Cool. Um, is there anything else that you would like to uh, say for the fans or KUCI listeners who are out there that uh, – 
or just now being introduced to your material? Um, keep on listening and keep on downloading, I guess. Something, <laughs> you know. As long as you're listening to music, that's that's all that matters. So. Cool. I guess. Well, thank you very much for your time. Bye.